Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for gathering us here together this morning and pray now as we reflect on your word and reflect on who you're calling us to be as your people, Lord, that your spirit would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and that we would be transformed to be ever more like your son, Jesus. This we ask in his name. Amen. Well, as we uh, begin reflecting on this uh, part of uh, our vision to be a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus, I want to start by getting you to reflect on who the significant people are in your faith journey, wherever you're up to in that, uh, to this point. So I think about my life, I think about my mum and dad who took me to church every uh, week, uh, who protected me from some of the, the conflicts uh, that they had uh, ministering in, in their churches that they were leading uh, and helped me to have uh, good experiences uh, for my youth leaders who put up with me uh, and taught me uh, things uh, about uh, faith and helped me wrestle with uh, uh, things as I was coming to an adult understanding of my own faith. For the ministers I had as I was starting to take my faith seriously, some who you've met here because uh, it's Tasmania and uh, I get them to come and preach here from time to time, people like Stephen Carnaby who was my minister uh, when I was an 18-year-old lad, uh, or Sam Green, who we had at the start of the year, who was the minister at the uni uh, when I was going there, uh, and others too who uh, don't live in Tassie anymore, so I can't invite them to preach here. Uh, when I moved to Melbourne, uh, my uh, ministers there uh, and uh, lecturers at Theological College who uh, gave me space to, to learn and grow and invested in me, not just in my head, but in my heart, as well. Of course, the friends uh, that I've had along the way who I've been able to be accountable uh, to and pray with and uh, supported by. As I reflect on my life, and no doubt as you sit there reflecting on yours to this point, you'll know that you are who you are today and you are where you are at in your faith today not really by accident, but by the deliberate and significant investment of time and training and input by many different men and women in your life. Well, as we uh, reflect uh, on our vision to be a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus uh, in light of the annual meeting and in light of the kind of massive and seismic changes we've seen in our world over the last uh, six months. Uh, today, uh, we move to that second half. Uh, that is, last week we saw that we were a church for Lindisfarne, that is, we're seeking to be a blessing to people in our community, both corporately and individually. And of course, we saw, didn't we, that while we can do all sorts of uh, good things for our community, uh, give uh, money to people who need it, uh, food uh, in the, like with the Salvos food baskets here to people who need it, while we can create spaces of connection through things like playgroup and try and encourage uh, people through our uh, online presence. Ultimately, the greatest blessing that we can be to our community is to share the message of life found in Jesus. That is, the, the best way that we can be a blessing, 
that we can be for Lindisfarne and for our community is to be disciple makers because disciples are those who are truly blessed. Disciples are those who move from death to life in Jesus. That famous verse of scripture, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And the task of the church to proclaim that message and help people as they move from death to life is the greatest blessing we can be. Helping people, if you think of our Roman series that we've just finished, uh, move from objects of wrath and enemies of God to loved children empowered by the Spirit. Making disciples of Jesus. This is, this is really how ultimately we fulfil that first part of the vision, vision, though those other things are important too. But as we think about what it means for us to be a church that makes disciples, I think the first question that ought to come to our minds is who, who is it that actually makes a disciple? Is it Chris? Is it you? Or is it God? And Paul kind of gives us a bit of a window into the answer to this question in 1 Corinthians, which we didn't have read to us today, but which I'll just read to you now. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he's talking to the church there and they're sort of having an argument about which minister they follow. And so Paul writes and he says to them, they're arguing that some followed Paul and some followed Apollos, and he says, uh, I'll pick it up at verse 5 of chapter 3, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labour. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. You are God's building. Who makes disciples? God does. God is the one who changes lives, who brings growth. But you see, he calls us to be partners in the disciple-making process. We plant and water. And actually, if you think about the people in your life, they're all the different people who've done different parts of the gardening of your spiritual journey as you've been built up into God's field or God's building, as Paul uses the language in 1 Corinthians 3, that, the, that, that, that we're called to actually partner with God and do the job of tending the field so that the disciple will grow. We get on with the disciple-making activity and God brings the growth. And we'll think a little bit more about what it is that we ought to use to make disciples in a moment. But let's remember from that first reading that Marie had what, that this is in fact Jesus' primary task for us, if you're not convinced. 
He leaves his disciples with these very famous last words in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The command of Christ to the disciples of Christ and to the church today make disciples of Jesus how through teaching people to obey what Jesus said now I think it's right at this point for us to reflect and say yes it is right that we be first a church for Lindisfarne and we do all those good community uh, uh, things because that is a demonstration of the gospel, the free gift of grace that God has shown to all people. And as we seek to bless our community and work for their good and, uh, uh, and influence them and, and uh, be for them and offer gifts to them with no strings attached that help them, we hope that this demonstrates the love of God demonstrated in Christ Jesus, who, while we were his enemies, made us reconciled to him through grace and through sending his son, Jesus. But all of that is never at the expense of this primary task, this disciple-making task, teaching people to obey everything Jesus has commanded. And so, if that's what we're going to do, to teach people the commands of Jesus and to have Jesus walk alongside us as we participate with him in the making and growing of disciples, what does that actually look like? And we'll put a little more flesh on this next week, but I want to ask the question, does this look like all of us becoming ministers? I mean, after all, isn't that what you pay me for? to disciple you. Well, that's what our second reading is all about today. The example of Timothy. Timothy uh, is sort of a, the second generation, if you will, of, of Christian leaders. Uh, the, there's the, the, the first disciples and Paul. Uh, these, these are the, the, the apostles of the church and as they uh, get old, they have to hand on the reins to someone else. And that's really what Paul is doing with Timothy. He's, he's handing on the, uh, the, 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 the task of leadership of the church to Timothy. And he writes him a couple of letters to tell him uh, some of the things he needs to do as a, as a leader of God's people and as someone who's going to disciple others. And so you might be saying, oh good, Chris is saying the job is for ministers, not me. But there's a couple of people who get a brief mention who I think are vitally important for us today. Let me read to you from verse 3 of our reading today in 2 Timothy. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, 
which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Then Paul goes on to say, for this reason, verse 6, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You see there, don't you? There's, there's at least three people mentioned in the disciple-making process so that Timothy's at this point now where Paul's writing in this letter so that he can lead the church well. There's his mum, his grandmother, and there's Paul. And actually, as the letter goes on, we see a little bit more about those two, other, uh, those two women, his grandmother and his mother, in uh, chapter 3. But as for you, Paul says to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know that, because uh, you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Eunice and Lois, Timothy's mum and grandma, have been at the work of disciple-making from birth, from infancy. And how have they gone about Instructing Timothy in the ways of God through the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. And Paul now says to Timothy, keep using the Scriptures in your disciple-making and leadership of others. All of us have a role in the disciple-making process. It's very easy to think that you've got nothing to contribute. But actually, it's, it's very simple. Passing the faith on to others is simply about instructing them in the scriptures. And that's as, really as basic as getting one of these things I'll wave my iPad around because that's what I use, but better, more dramatic if I wave this one around. Getting, getting a Bible, opening it, and reading it with someone. And then seeking to understand it together, instructing, if you know more than the other person, them in what it says. Examining your life before it. Seeking its wisdom for the good works it's calling you to. This is disciple making. And it's what Eunice and Lois did for Timothy. And it's what Paul did for Timothy. And it's what Timothy did for the elders that he uh, had to choose and, uh, and train in his church. And it's actually what the church has been doing at its best ever since. Instructing others to obey the commands of Jesus from the scriptures. And of course, COVID-19 doesn't change that. As Jesus was ascending into heaven, he knew that in 2020, the church would have to adapt and pivot through a global pandemic. And in fact, 
We're not the first Christians who've had to uh, adapt and pivot due to a pandemic. There was this horrible thing, you've probably heard of it, called the Black Plague. Far worse probably than COVID-19 in terms of deaths. And the people of God had to contend with it while they continued on with the job of disciple-making. The will of God remains the same. That we proclaim the good news of Jesus revealed in Scripture through all situations, in all circumstances, and that through the Scriptures, in the power of the Spirit, we help people to grow in their faith. Each of us doing a little bit for someone who's a step or two behind us or many steps behind us. And in fact, what we might even find is they help us. Now, for us as a church, we've got some particular ways that we think about this disciple-making process of helping people grow in their faith. And it's, it's called the Pathway Strategy and I want to talk a little bit more about it next week uh, as we head into the AGM. But for today, let me just leave you with this question. Who is it that you are discipling? Who is it that God has placed in your life that he's asking you to help? Uh, And how are you discipling them? If it doesn't involve using the scriptures, then you might be doing something with that person. But perhaps it isn't disciple-making. Who is God calling you to invest in and to read the Bible with and to help grow? Because that is the task of each of us, to make disciples. Amen.